This hasn't, we haven't done one of these for ages. The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Hello and welcome back to the Dropback Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis, joined today by Matt Burns Peak. Hadley Doodley. We've got a lot of quarterback stuff to be talking later, mm. but first, a special guest appearance from the stars and writer of the new show, Moreno. Two very special guests today. From the new show Moreno that is showing in theatre 503. It's Pravin Wilkins and Seb Viveros. How are you doing, guys? We're good, man. How are you guys doing? Yeah, pretty, pretty good. good. So pretty good. I came to see the show yesterday. Matt hasn't had the pleasure of watching it yet. Not yet. But, no. but we do have the script, so he's been reading out to make sure. But been doing my homework, don't worry. Yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't quite fulfil the whole spectacle of the show. Like neither of us are theatre guys, so I wasn't really sure to what to expect, but when you walk up to that theatre, you didn't really expect to get that much oomph, almost, out of a small production. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot packed into that little space, for real. So, people who may not have heard of the show, Moreno is set to the backdrop of the Colin Kaepernick protests in 2016? 2016, yeah. And, Pravin, what was the real motivation behind bringing this up now? Yeah, well, so, you know, it was something that I had been writing about for uh, some time after the movement happened. Um, but, you know, I think I think with um, the walkouts in the NBA, when teams um, refused to play during the playoffs in 2020, um, and, and, and you've really continued to see athletes across the world, you know, Olympic athletes. Um, I remember, you know, Megan Rapinoe as well, uh, yeah. Solidarity. Um, it's it's something that you know there's been a cascade effect you know it's not it's not really the kind of like the nfl has done a lot to try to snuff it out in in the league mm. but i think um the the effects and the ramifications of those protests have certainly continued throughout these last few years and even ramped up in some ways yeah 100 percent. i mean you're right about the nfl all they've got now is the little stickers on the back of their helmets which is <laughs> much yeah. easier wow. to to ignore some somewhat if you do, if you want to ignore the protest but you i mean the walkouts obviously played a big influence i don't want to don't know how much of the play you want to give away without people watching it but yours does sort of take a fork in the road away from where the cabinet protests went right well what? so so i think um i think something i was interested in exploring was you know what are the things that other players who decided to participate in somewhere or the other uh with the movement what are the kinds of things that they were going through? What kinds of um, experiences do they have and, and decisions do they make? And, you know, I think um, Kaepernick was ultimately only one of, of many players who, who became a part of that movement. And so that's really, yeah. what I think, I want to center in the play because I think, um, you know, Caps had a story told a lot of times now, which I think is, is very good, you know, but um, I, I wanted us to really have a conversation about, well, there were a lot of people that did this, right? What, what mm. was going on in other people's heads, you know? Mm. Yeah, and so Seb, you've come aboard. How aware? Are, well, obviously, you're aware of the Kaepernick protest because huge news at the time, and as Pravin said, has followed on since that. Yeah, but so. how much sort of impact did that have 
choosing this play was that was that a big impact or how come you came about this production yeah well i think when when kaepernick did that it, it just it resonated internationally right that you know and and, and like Praveen said before it's not the first time that an athlete makes a stand like that you know in the olympics you know they they did that and and uh and yeah, you know that's 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 something that's has has been in history. It's had its place, right? But then, you know, I heard about that. But when it comes to American football, I lived in America. When I was a kid. I was born in Mexico City. Lived in America. Lived in Texas and Miami. So football, American football, was, was kind of in the back of my head. But I was more of a soccer guy, you know. We call it football here, you know. But, <laughs> more of a football guy. But then when it comes to acting, you know, like I um, you know, I've been wanting to be an actress. I was ten years old. I've always, you know, I've always kind of had been driven. It was either football or acting. And then when I was like mm. 15, I was like, yeah, I'm not that good at football. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I can talk the shit. <laughs> so I used to move the mouth on stage, you know. But uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I've always, you know, been pursuing that. I've been, I came to London in 2010. And, you know, but and, and what I love about acting, you know, and, and I just, you know, I love, the, all, you know, the storytelling, the, the art, you know, the, 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 the adrenaline you get, you know, of being on stage and having that, that audience and, and, working on a film, you know, traveling the world, you know, doing something fun and, and calling it work, you know? So I said, mm -hmm. that said, reading, when I read the script, I was like, I wasn't reading a character. I was reading myself, you know, that's when, you know, me and Praveen, you know, we bonded straight from, from when we did the workshop before yeah, the actual casting of this play, you know, cause you know, cause I saw what he was, what he wanted to say with the play. And uh, and I and I fell in love with it. Man. I fell in love with Luis. I fell in love with what he was saying. And and you know to be able to to be part of a play, and to you know to act in something that you believe in. Because you can be you know you get a job and as an actor it's like fine I'll do it. But you know you might yeah. not like a character. You know it's it's like but to do something like this man it's it's a joy man. So uh. awesome. I mean I I know uh, both Joe and Sam have said since since i saw it last night how awesome it was um i mean it, it sounds like it's a fantastic play and you guys obviously super passionate about it um i mean when how long have you is it going to be on at wandsworth what's the best way for people to sort of get 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 some tickets and be able to go and see it yeah so uh it's at theater 503 in battersea it's right above the uh latchmere pub um you know the website is the easiest way to get tickets um it, it's running all the way through march 26th Awesome. Uh, so it's going to be up for a good bit of time now. Um, in addition to that, there is a live streamable performance that, you know, if, if you're unable to come to the theater for whatever reason, um, you can watch it at home on March 29th. Awesome. 26. That's fantastic. The change. Oh. The, the film? <laughs> I think it's 26. No, but it's streaming. Oh, the streaming is 29th? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll make sure that we can get something out as well on on socials and everything to make sure that whatever, whichever date it's on, that people can you know go and find it. Yeah, as well. you gotta come through, man. You know, like and like we were saying, like theater. You know, it becomes, you, you know, this is theater of the people. You know, and like mm. it's not something that's like bougie and you know, because like art is something that hits your heart. You know, let's like, say watching football, like sports. That's why the marriage of of of, of art and and sport is is dope. It's fun. You know, because like mm. you go watch a game, you know, you, you you know, watching like whatever Watford, Tottenham, you know, you, even if you don't like football, you, you're like, you know, you get passionate about it because it's, yeah. that's what theater is. And uh, so, you know, and, and that's, that's why as, as an actor, as an artist, be part of something that's, that that's, that's uh, thrilling is, is, is cool, man. So yeah, you guys gotta mm. yeah, definitely come, come through and tell your mates, man, you know, it's, and it's a show that's different, you know, it's, it's not, yeah, not, you know, wordy and Shakespeare and it's, they're not trying to like, educate you you know and, and you know this this isn't this is about 
telling you know some of the human story and and uh from a locker room of, of boys man so it's, it's it's different and it's yeah i think as well the fact that it's so um like it's so current it's so it's something that obviously caused a massive storm in 2016 and as you guys said it's sort of it's it's carried on there's still been that ripple effect rightly so ever since that as well um and i mean the, the story that you guys tell is, is is from that sort of unique angle as well i know you mentioned Pravin about you know it, we've sort of seen it from the the Kaepernick side and that side of things as well, but your your play sort of gives it that, that slightly different angle as well, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, and you know, it's like it's like it does it does grapple with big ideas and and mm. with serious issues, but I think it's really from the perspective of like we're just getting a window into this locker room where it's like these these people, these players who like they're used to football being at the center of their world. All of a sudden, they have to start asking themselves some more uh, difficult questions, you know. And um, and so yeah, I mean, football is a is a big part of the play. I think um, it's the kind of thing where like you can see the play and you can enjoy it. Really, if you don't know shit about American football, you could. <laughs> uh, but if you do, you know, follow American football and you and and you know it and and you're in it, um, there's just going to be a lot more moments that really pop for you. Hmm. And um, I, I I really love you know seeing people in the audience that I'm like oh that person that person gets it like they got that yeah. line about you know the play action screen you know what i mean uh, i i i i love that well like yeah, there's a line where it's like i'm not gonna pull a sam bradford you know, yeah. <laughs> well i think it's 30 seconds into it where you give a julio jones reference as well yeah. isn't there so. right nice. all that research you know i remember when he, when he first asked me was it like there's a line where it's like no he one of the one of the craven he's like yeah no i'm gonna i got I'm looking for the 69ers. You know, that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. I'm like, no, watch out for the 49ers, bro. Then I was like, yeah. what? And then I'm like, my nine's like, no, because it's the gold rush. We California, baby. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm talking about, I read research that, oh, gold rush. Oh, that's the cheerleaders of the 49ers. Oh, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he was like, nah, bro. Just, yeah. Well, you watch out because it's the gold diggers, man. The people could take your money. So it's those type of things. Yeah, there, was, there was a lot of that how much of that Preven come from you how much did like Oscar who we we were speaking to yesterday who was your football coach I'm not sure how many productions have a football coach on site yeah. well. more should more should I think <laughs> is he is he giving suggestions there he's uh he's also you know in the script as football coach like like in the in the cast list up front but no I mean the script was the script was set by the time um you know Oscar got involved um I played football I'm like obsessed with American football so all the references are me Oscar mm, yeah. was really there to help everybody like embody their positions you know to right. help the actors understand the like intricacies of the sport right the way the way a quarterback yeah. moves across the field versus the way a running back moves across the field versus the way you know a linebacker plays as opposed to a cornerback and so he was really there to like tease out the the, the movement intricacies the kind of like like personality types that that are associated sure. with those positions and so um and and he would he was really like a, a super essential part of the process mm, for that yeah. Within the cast as well, was there? Did you sort of look for people that had sort of some understanding or even some sort of experience with American football stuff beforehand, or was it something that you sort of had to get them up to speed with before you guys started really rehearsing in, in earnest? You know, no, not really. I mean, I don't, I don't think. You know, for us, for us, the main thing was like we wanted people who could connect with these individuals. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, we we figured like like. I know I know enough about American football that I could catch everybody up on whatever it is that they needed to know over the yeah. 
rehearsal process. Which you like, did a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we ended up calling him, we were in rehearsal, right? We ended up calling him God. Cause like he was on Zoom like this, he's in America. This guy, he was waking up what, 3, 4 a.m. Yeah. And he was like, when he got here, wow. he, already, he didn't even get jet lagged. He was already on UK time. <laughs> Just on it straight well, you away. Felt you were in America throughout the whole rehearsal process. Yeah, Zoom. He was on Zoom. So whatever, like, whatever happened, we'd be like, is that right, God? What's, what's, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we get the voice. All right, cool, man. Yeah, man. No, I, I, I was, I was kind of mad, like watching y'all like play, you know, throw around the football yeah, during your fun, breaks. Right? Yeah. Shit, man, I'm just out here like yeah. in cold ass Pittsburgh. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I did come out during the tail end of the rehearsal process. Um, nice. I, I was on Zoom for much of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't know you played because I was speaking to Oscar last night. He did tell me, unfortunately, to say that players only play on defense because they're not smart enough to play on offense oh god that, that's yeah. that's just a direct quote from oscar that's don't shoot the messenger there the stereotype for corners is that you know they play they they get switched to corner because they can't catch the football so i know it's yeah. bulls isn't it you can't I mean, catch to be fair matt I'm, I think, <laughs> personally i think that's bullshit i mean i think corner is one of the hardest positions on the field and i don't think you know any exactly. can just go play it but you know i I, I I I appreciate the people talking shit about defense. It's it's fun. It's all it's all fun and games, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in my opinion, it's offense that the people are dumb. I mean, y'all just run exactly where the play tells you to. On defense, you have to <laughs> yeah. everything that the other no autonomy whatsoever. You have to, you have to read <laughs> minds when you play defense. <laughs> Literally, offense, right? You have to know what the play is. <laughs> <laughs> just robots. That's all you are. Yeah. <laughs> proud of it as well <laughs> tell us to the people who just get to stand back have some beers and just watch you know watch <laughs> watch the one you, know, you, you guys yeah. go fun, man. I'll be right it's all about being the second string quarterback you know you still yeah, get yeah, you still yeah, get yeah, like get a paid. couple mil like, that was is. my chief role at university yeah <laughs> there he is <laughs> you, you guys wanted to start this podcast where you guys played football in uk or yeah, so mm. we, I mean, played as a loose term to what we did at university. So we all <laughs> were mates through that. And then we started the podcast after that. It's been going two, two three years. I mean, we sort of got right. it going in earnest throughout the pandemic. Because it's like, right, we, we're, we're bored as hell. This is the best way we can actually almost speak to each other mm. on a regular basis. So it performed that sort of platform to start with, basically. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Lots of podcasts started in the pandemic. I almost started like a YouTube interview channel as well, man. I said that was a perfect time to do to do what you wanted to you know do and yeah you, know, you yeah, guys had to learn how to use it because we're all technophobes yeah <laughs> you played like uh, in college or you guys were in the same college or yeah university yeah yeah, yeah. both went to Loughborough both uh, yeah dabbled with a bit of American football to uh, varying degrees of success <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, yeah I mean mostly it's just because of you know the NFL in the UK has had quite a big fan base for, for ages. Um, both Sam and I have been, you know, yeah, yeah I mean, been really, really active in it. There's like a community mm. of people who are like in, involved in American football um, mm. because like I said, I, I really love the sport. I got an appreciation for, for football as well, you know, but, <laughs> but I, I, I don't, I don't have any pretense about where my preferences lie. You know, I, I, I like the, I like people hitting each other. You know what I'm saying? Like soccer, it's oh, like cool. someone on the knee and it's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> it's tactical <laughs> though, isn't it? <laughs> it is intimidating, yeah. man. It's going at it like, yeah. It's, it yeah, is, man. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a game where like, you got to be mentally like there, there, you know? So, so, and I think so. that's why it makes for an interesting environment for a play, you know, because it's mm. like, 
intensity and like the brutality and and the viciousness of it you know it's it's yeah. something that it's you know off the field as well yeah absolutely. Mm. so seb was that your first time putting the helmets and pads on then during the during the play because i didn't expect i wasn't expecting sort of all the full gear y'all should have seen him y'all should have seen him day one like trying to figure out how to take the shoulder Yo. pads on and off. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say was that the part that took the most rehearsal getting the pads on and off yeah. quickly yeah. 14 man i was like, scared man. on the first time i've, I've yeah. done plays where like you, there's something that just doesn't work and no matter how good your acting is if, if, if you just if like you know if, if like the glasses are too tight you're gonna it's gonna throw you out you know yeah but when i first put pads, like we had other pads and we had like rehearsal pads they were like kind of hockey ones and those okay. were like enough man and then like and we had other helmets that they were like literally like baby helmets we look like toddlers playing like you know peewee <laughs> we didn't look like is that so you wouldn't life. like is that so you're not hitting each other in between takes then? Yeah. Is, 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 is that why you get the lower level? The only ones we had at the time, you know, because then we went, went, went once to see uh, Wembley uh, Stallions. They were, we really convinced them. And we're like, yo, please lend us some of these helmets, man. And they lent, yeah. they lent us pads and they're professional pads. But man, I couldn't. Also, my long ass hair, dude. Like, I didn't have the tech. <laughs> hair out, like, so yeah, I was, I was worried. Man. How am I going to fucking take that shit off on stage, man? But. But yeah, you know, we practiced and finally, you know, we got also like someone backstage helping us. But yeah, That's I'd never worn I only played football with, with my friends, you know, in, in Miami, especially. But my dad, you know, my dad's like the, he's like the kind of like, kind of classic, like banker, hardworking man, you know, he, he, he's, he's a self-made man from Mexico, right? Mm. And uh, he very, you know, he's a, he's a moralistic guy, right? He, but I would never imagine that he, he, he Play Pee Wee foot, American football. Oh, really? His father, yeah, his father, he was. Oh, damn, the, I didn't know that. His father was the admiral of the Mexican Navy, right? So he had that like wow. discipline, right? But because he was the admiral, he traveled around a lot, and uh, and at one at one point, I think they lived in um, Cincinnati, I think, in Cincinnati. Yeah, well, maybe that thing there, because there's a naval base there. And when he was a kid, so he told me he was one of those like little like five year olds that were wearing like the Pee Wee pads and everything. Yeah. I, I, I imagine for the life of me, my dad was like American kids, like right. It's in the blood, right? You, that, and that's why you ended up playing football afterwards, yeah. Despite what your dad was doing. <laughs> Love it. I, I'm almost disappointed that Wembley Stallions were the ones that lent you the helmets. Cause I was going to ask what the hell was going on with those after the production. I was hoping for like a cheap pair, but alas, with Unlucky. that, I mean, big shout to Wembley oh, yeah. Stallions We're though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you go for any training sessions with them, so you could really get into character? Yeah, so they they did. They went and visited them at like a, at a practice, awesome. right? Yeah, we went. That was awesome, man. Yeah, we went to practice, man. Like up there around like some Wembley Park, and uh, yeah, and they were, it was it was really cool, man. The guy, you know, the, the coach, he he was just those people that loved the chat. So he was just telling us everything about the whole history of, of like the. Stallions and like the, the name is really cool. I forgot something with like the dark horse of Wembley. Oh yeah, that one, there was like a UF uh, FA Cup final one time, and like a I think a black horse ran onto the field in UK. Oh yeah, and then something like that. And they called it. That does ring a bell. Of, I don't know, something like that. But yeah, and just watching them because I'd never seen you know people like play live football, man. So yeah, it was awesome. That helped a lot. I mean, to be fair, that's one of the things we say is like you could basically live for however long here like you said you've been here since 2010 and not know that anyone is playing american football in the uk mm. but there are there are communities out there but just very concentrated it's very and concentrated, no one outside of them really yeah. actually cares exactly but, 
but it's growing to be fair like i said the the nfl international games like they've been super popular um if once you sort of start to get to know people in the community you you, you it is quite surprising how big it is really it's so spread out over the uk but there is a real group of people in the uk that love american football and yeah like i said i think they'd, they'd absolutely love this this the uh, play like yours is going to be really sort of impactful for those people as well spread the word man tell your mm. boys because they absolutely. promotional game here in the uk yeah so, so the, the nfl they do promotional games right yeah the NFL yeah. oh yeah there's like a, three a, games at wembley one oh. Yeah, yeah, a few games a year now. Um, I mean, I personally feel like I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL tries to ship a team out here within the next five to ten years. Uh, they've dang they've dangled the Jaguars the- up here for so long. <laughs> Last seven years has yeah, been Jaguars going to come to UK. I mean, you know, those things tend to take a long time, but like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. doubt that that could happen because, like, there are some NFL teams that play in like some cities that you're like, wow, that city has an NFL team. Yeah. Like, how do they even sustain? You know what I mean? Um, so I, you know, London is obviously such a huge, like, like potential market. Um, mm-hmm. And and if and when that does happen, uh, all of the politics of this place is, is going to be something that is right here in London. You know, in, exactly. in a very direct way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that um, the recording of the live stream? Is that going to be recorded then, so that when it comes to London? And the NFL's here. We get like, oh, this is also a play about American football that was set in London. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Two for yeah, one. Right? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's gonna be, you know, uh, available post March 29th. Sure. I think there's gonna be a show that's recorded, and then it's gonna, like, for a brief period of time, be available to be watched. Well, um, but, but these guys don't know is that one of those guys in Camden Town outside Jazz Cafe with the CD <laughs> of the recorded. I'm, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Are you a Steelers fan then, Pravin, with um, coming from Pittsburgh? Yeah, so, I mean, I grew up in San Diego. So originally I was right. a Charger fan, but, you know, they they left my city infamously. Uh, Makes to it go tough, to Los doesn't Angeles. it? <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, nah, hell no, nah, I'm not looking <laughs> for the Los Angeles Chargers. But then I left my city too. So at that point, I was like, whatever, it's a moot point. Um, it's, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I like I like the Steelers. I mean, um, you know, Pittsburgh is a city that just like loves its sports teams, man. It's infectious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been to Steelers games and the environment is electric, man. I mean, it's impossible not to root for the home team in Pittsburgh. Um, so, I mean, I don't claim them. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I, yeah. I don't feel like I deserve them necessarily but like I, I go to their games sometimes like they're a fun team to watch tomlin is a, a really exciting coach um and so yeah i mean i i would consider myself a Steeler fan light at this point good i like that i like that what did you have any thoughts obviously ben roethlisberger retiring this season was the big thing for for the Steelers. yeah yeah well i mean i mean he had a he had a, a terrible final season i mean he mm. he was off you know and it's like the man has had a storied career um like he he definitely has been to you know the mountaintop of pro football and so you know you can't take that away from him but it was it was time for him to hang him up in my personal opinion like the the Steelers are such a solid team 
um, they get a good, you know, young QB in there and they could be dangerous, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. they snuck into the playoffs with like an extremely mediocre offense. And so like, mm -hmm. think about what they could do with, you know, somebody like Russell Wilson who just got shipped off to Denver, you know, which, which is huge. That's yeah. Weird, man, that's weird. But I mean, now the Broncos <laughs> could be a contender now. Like, so, you know, you always get someone like him. Yeah. They could, they could definitely be a, they could be back in it. Well, the other interesting thing about the Steelers as well, obviously in relating to the players that Ryan Flores is now a mm. member of, of the coaching staff. It was interesting. You, you always portrayed it as the locker room, especially, Luis Moreno and Zeke were on their own and there wasn't much help from coaches and what well, ownership. Do you reckon this is a shift in the NFL? It'll be seen more of a splinter between That's the two sides sort of at a higher level. That is a great question. And I really hope so because, you know, it's like, I mean, I mean, there, there's two sides to this story though. I mean, on, on the one hand, you know, Brian Flores was one of, I believe only two black head coaches before mm -hmm. he was fired for leading a bad team to a winning season, which what the... Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, so, so there's a big, there's a big disparity there, right? It's like, it's the black and brown people who take the field and it's the white people who call the plays, right? Mm. So that, there, there's something a little weird going on there. Um, yeah. Hopefully that's changing with, with Brian Flores getting hired with the Steelers. I thought that was great because I was concerned that, you know, the NFL was going to do the same thing they did with Kaepernick and say, oh, you're soon yeah. get out of here, man. Mm. Um, and so props to the Steelers organization for doing that. Um, I think that was a, a classy move, but at the same time, mm. think about it. This man who was a head coach, who was a competent head coach has basically taken yeah. a huge demotion. Um, you know, he's, he's, I believe a linebackers coach now. And it's like, that's, I'm, I'm glad that he's, you know, doing what he loves to do and that there was an organization who picked him up, but I don't think, I don't think it's a win yet, really. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a, a pyrrhic victory, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's the, good he hasn't been blackballed, but at the same time, he at the very least he should be a defensive coordinator right now. I mean, yeah, and, and I think it's more as well like the win will come where if we, you know, the NFL can actually take on board some of the things that he put in that lawsuit in terms of actual real change and reform in the in the coaching cycle and then those sort of things. That's where the win's going to come. But it, you know, I think like you said, it would have been a real shame for Brian Flores to to have to go through what Colin Kaepernick had to go through and he's a talented coach he deserves to be in the NFL on merit um so I mean it's a great move for the Steelers yeah Matt's a Dolphins fan so a little bit of a touch very angry subject. very <laughs> angry Dolphins fan <laughs> it's like they should have held on to Flores man I mean mm -hmm. that's a team that was in a rebuild they've got a young quarterback they could be very promising in another couple of years like why would you get rid of the head coach who who finally started putting the pieces together. It just doesn't really add yeah. up. I, mean, I feel like there's some weird backdoor stuff happening there, mm -hmm. but sadly, mm -hmm. the NFL will do what the NFL always does, which is run out the clock and eventually make you settle for some amount of money so that they don't mm -hmm. have to open up any of the books to the public. So that's my bet on how that's going to play out. I mean, maybe Flores sticks to his guns and says, you know, fuck a settlement. Like, I don't care what y'all offer me. I'm taking this all the way, but mm -hmm. hard to do because they- I think he has said something along those lines though, to be to be fair to Brian Flores. He, him or his lawyer have said, we have no interest in any sort of settlement. It's not yeah. about the money for him yeah. at that point, which yeah. is- I respect that, but two years down the line, when it's tougher, yeah. lawyers have really, you know, taken so much of your time and your energy mm -hmm. and then they come over and they say, here's 
20 million bucks. Just please shut up about this now. Um, yeah. I, personally, I have a hard time faulting a man for taking that at that point, you know? Mm. Uh, but but like I said, I, I do respect the stand he's taking. I, I do respect that position. And I, I do hope that he that he really does take it all the way. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about what the NFL always does. Because, I mean, it's just been highlighted this week with the whole Calvin Ridley suspended for a season thing. And I'm not saying he shouldn't be suspended for betting as a player. But the fact that Stephen Ross has said nothing for yeah. allegedly paying his own team to lose. Exactly, man. Mm. I mean, that in itself is highlighting what's like how ridiculous and hypocritical they are as a league. Yeah, huh. yeah. It's only the guys up top who can throw games. You know, it's only yeah. only those guys who can who can put their fingers on the scale and kind of mess with you know the 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 bookie elements of it. Like if once the players do it, boom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. even getting to whatever the hell Dan Schneider has allegedly or not done because beer all night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's also such a I mean, I mean, sidebar, but it's such a sad story with Ridley because it's like, damn, like he was going through some stuff. He couldn't mm. play. He was probably like, yeah, betting on games is like the most I can be involved right now. Exactly. Um, right. He wants to feel connected still. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like I get why that rule exists. He had to be suspended. But it does seem a little egregious to suspend him for a whole season when, you know. Seems a lot. Yeah, like yeah. there's there's just a sort of inconsistency mm. with the things that the NFL decides to crack down on and the things that they decide to let mm. slide. And I think that's another thing yeah. that the play investigates too. Absolutely, well, it was. Yeah. There, there was a mention that you can basically get away with beating your wives. That was a mention that Zeke says in in the play. So, And the fact that what Ridley got a lot more than Ray Rice did for yeah. doing what he did on camera. Yeah, again. Yeah, they let you hit your wife, but they don't let you hit a joint. I mean, that's Sorry, that that was a quote. Great quote, by the way. <laughs> is that on a t-shirt yet? Yeah, it's a little. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. It's a little. It's a little, that's, a little It's a little. Yeah, a little heavy for a t-shirt. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's like with Josh Gordon, for example, right? It's like let the mm. man let the man smoke weed. Like who really? It's a it's like a performance mm. dehancing drug, man. Like yeah, what? Exactly. Who cares? Especially the amount I, he was taking before that, games. This is what I mean with Josh Gordon. Like the man was drunk and high to an extreme extent, and still putting up outrageous numbers. At some point, you just gonna be like, go, just carry on. Uh, whatever works. Like, nice, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> well done. Exactly. It's like uh, it's. it's like the Michael Jordan, the last dance, you know, what's what's the, the tall guy with like blue hair, the, the other guy? Oh, Dennis God. Rodman. Yeah, Dennis Rodman. At one point, the coach was like, hey, if you, you want to go party and that works for you, you perform, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it, again, though, that sort of teeters on what um, Danny Lombardo is like. As long as you're performing on the pitch, you don't care what you're doing outside of it. Mm. How much subconsciously before the second act is Danny Lombardo's sort of personality based on Tom Brady? Because Joe and I looked at each other, and goes, "That's evil, Tom Brady, right there." <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like there were there were a few quarterbacks I was thinking of. You know, um, I also had I also had like Drew Brees in mind. You know, like mm -hmm. like guys who who um, were always so about the game. And yeah. when when politics got involved, they kind of like stepped back. It wasn't mm. it wasn't like they were, um, you know, viciously against the movement. But it was it was like, let's just play football, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. I think there were a lot of QBs that that was that was kind of the the stance they took, you know. And 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 that was an era when 
you know, even just a few years ago in 2016, when I feel like there were a lot fewer black quarterbacks, it was, it was a pretty white position. I feel like now it's, it's, it's becoming more like a a pretty even split these days. Um, Mm. So that, that, that again is another, you know, element of like the power structure of the NFL that is kind of changing, you know, because in a lot of ways, the quarterback is sort of the, like the management's hand in the locker room, you know? Yeah certainly the one who is the most connected to media and coaches and, and, and management. So um, maybe, maybe that, that is another signal of times changing for the better. Hmm. Yeah. And you didn't include, I mean, there's the, there's, there's a little bit of the beginning where you've got a coach speak over the voiceover, but ha- not having any coach characters and just, just the players. What was the motivation behind that? That's a great question. Uh, the, in, in the first version of this script, you know, we, we actually do follow some of the characters outside of the locker room. You know, we see more of their, their lives outside of that space. And there was a coach in that version. But I felt, like, I felt like what made for a more interesting story was to see um, just, I mean, with the players, the power dynamics between them, even though they, they aren't necessarily even, they're all sort of on the same level. I feel like once you bring a coach into this space, it's like, well, that person can kind of just control what happens. And in a lot of ways, I felt like we can we can sort of assume the the positionality of the coach in this, and it's not really something we need to see on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, all and 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 you know, I mean, I think I think if this were like a TV series, then the coach would definitely be a part of it. But for a play, I feel like you really need a strong, strong justification for every character that you're going to have on stage because whomever is the actor playing that character has to do that every night. You know, it's not like they just go on set to film it for a couple of days and then they do whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like you just, you, you, as a playwright, I'm like, I want to give rich and strong roles to everybody who's going to be acting, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I just yeah. feel like I could do that with the coach as a, as a character in, in a yeah. Were you writing this then specifically for Theater 503 and had to keep the stage size in mind when writing it? No, actually. Um, this was something that I wrote and then I, I was submitting it to a lot of things. Theater 503's award was just one of many places that I sent it. Um, and so so really, at the end of the day, you know, it was, it was the designer's problem to figure out how to, <laughs> how to make a, one tiny space into a locker room and a football field. But the yeah. way that the way that he did it is really beautiful. Yeah, Aldo impressive Vasco, Mexican guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he did a good job. Man. He absolutely did. I, and it was one of those things where, you know, as the playwright, I was like, how the hell is he going to do it? I'm glad that's not my job. The field, because I we talk, the play talks about about oppression, you know, and feeling being in that cage hmm. uh, and and male um, richie i think i forgot richie i think her last name she also works in, in costume in the play and and she her husband her husband or boyfriend built the the, the lockers and they're like cage and it was awesome and aldo vasquez where he you know he really took that on board and like and the, the whole the field yeah just it engulfs you so you're on stage and you kind of felt that that oppression yeah, yeah we first saw it i was like that's dope and also having like the the yard lines on stage and it's awesome mm. Yeah, that was also yeah. great for blocking. Yeah, <laughs> you know how to have that. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, yeah. I, I have to go because I, I got to start warming up. But yeah, yeah, no problem. All right, you go do that. Thank, thanks, thanks, Seb, for coming on. Yeah, and uh, have a good one. Yeah, also love boys. Take care. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. And yeah, if y'all had any last questions, I, I could I can answer those quickly, but I should probably dip out pretty soon as well.
So yeah. we don't really want you to rush anything. But any, any last last question, Matt? Uh, I th- I think you, I think we've covered everything. To be honest, it's just I mean I'm I'm quite excited to to go and see it for myself. Like yeah, said, you actually you have to buy a ticket now. Yeah. We go- <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm excited. It sounds awesome. You know, last shout out. You know, Theater Five Hundred Three, right above the Latchmere Pub in Battersea, running through March twenty sixth. Um, yeah, hope you all come out. And uh, thank you so much, both of you, for for having me on for this. I really appreciate. No it. problem. Thanks for joining us. I'm like having the theater reach out and. Uh, I'm, honestly, it's not something we really do the whole, a whole lot, or if ever, being involved in theatre. But I mean, probably have to do that more often now. It was yeah, fantastic, like this. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for coming, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you as well there at the show pretty soon. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on again. And is it break a leg? We're supposed to say for tonight. Or is that reserved for actors? Is that we got it right? Break a leg. <laughs> hey, appreciate y'all. So that was Pravin and Seb joining, which I mean, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, awesome guys. Like I said, the 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 play, you guys had a fantastic time seeing it. It's super interesting. I definitely yeah, recommend people to check it out. Um, and yeah, and it was nice nice to be able to talk some football with Pravin as well about a Steelers fan, well semi fan. He said, um, yeah. looking at quarterbacks, and yeah, like I said, sort of touched on that Russell Wilson news as well. Steelers would like to have him for sure. Yeah, we. Well, I mean, we, we have to talk about it. We can't bring mm. a podcast out like two days later and not talk about Russell Wilson because that would be stupid. It would be. So, goes to Denver, two firsts, two seconds. I think a later round pick. But a fifth of, round as well, fifth yeah. Fifth round along with, who is who the It's players? Shelby Harris. It's Noah Fant. It is Drew Locke. Is there another one or is that? No, it's Russell. And then it's for Russell Wilson and a fourth. And because a it wasn't Wilson. quite enough on Russell Wilson. <laughs> and like Denver on, steal the bank with that fourth rounder as well. Yeah. It, work. It's like a man where it's like, oh, they're almost ready. So you just <laughs> exactly. add yeah, a fourth in as well just to tip that over the edge. Yeah. Um, who wins this trade? Honestly? Um, Denver, right? I don't think so. I think, I think Seahawks win this trade, if I'm honest. Do you really? I just think if you look at what... Denver have just given them for a quarterback who is I know it's Russell Wilson I know he's a top you know top six top five quarterback in the league on his day he's tremendous but facts are facts he's the wrong side of 30 um you know we've never really seen him outside of Seattle so it's you know you are they they might have to tweak quite a few things to sort of get that offense ticking to and, and running to his tune oh yeah absolutely because Russell Wilson doesn't run anything except the Russell Wilson offense no man because mm-hmm. it's a it's a sim the offensive coordinator that he had well the new head coach Nathaniel Hackett is from the same tree as Shane Waldron who was the OC last year yeah and Shane Waldron had to change his offense for Russell Wilson because he Indeed. doesn't want to throw doesn't want to play that LA mm. Rams 49ers offense so yeah it's just going to be right we've got a new head coach in because he worked with Aaron Rodgers and this particular offense Let's just throw a quarterback in that won't play that way. Exactly. And I mean, like, and, and that's not to say that Russell Wilson isn't a fantastic quarterback, but he's just so different in style to, you know, if if, if you imagine they're preparing to run an almost more Russell Wilson-esque offense, and then you bring, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers' offense in, sorry, and then you bring in Russell Wilson. Like, I wonder if, you know, it broke on the same day in terms of Aaron Rodgers re-signing with the Packers. I wonder if Denver going into the offseason was like, we will try and get Aaron Rodgers. And then that became apparent that that wasn't going to be an option. So then they're like, right, fuck it. We've already sort of made our bed in terms of we're going to go for a veteran quarterback. Who else is available? Russell Wilson is is another p- sort of person that we can go for. Um, I just think it's going to have to be quite a lot of change in the Denver side. And I mean, if you look at it, 
you know, objectively from a Seattle point of view, you've you've just gotten rid of an aging quarterback, um, freed up a bunch of cap, gotten in some fantastic young talent, as well as enough sort of draft capital to be able to actually really start to sort of rebuild that team. But it yeah, is also they're, Seattle's. They're, def- they're definitely betting on Russell Wilson basically falling off a cliff at this point. Mm-hmm. And then what you're about to say is that Seattle has a terrible say, draft record, especially exactly. in the first round. This is why I was kind of like, is it a win for Seattle? Because they will just absolutely toss these draft picks just into the trash at some point, knowing knowing their sort of recent record. They would have been better off just going like, just give us all the, the third, fourths and fifths that you yeah, have. Because we'll make those gold. Yeah, but... exactly. Yeah, I, I am surprised that there wasn't really a true blue chip player involved I mean, in that. I thought Jerry Judy would be like, because a lot of stuff yeah. being made about the depth of that Seattle um, Broncos like offense and you thought, right. But then again, does Seattle need a receiver? And and I what I would say is one, yeah, like I said, I don't know if they do actually need a receiver because they've got Metcalf, they've got Lockett and they've actually started like Dwayne to, Eskridge as well. And Dwayne, Dwayne Eskridge is there. Um, but, Breakout, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I thought Noah Fant was was uh, that really sort of popped out to me because Noah Fant is a fantastic young player with a lot of upside who's already showed that he can be pretty pretty impactful as well. They like Albert O though, don't they? And Russell Wilson Albert hates o. tight ends, so it doesn't really matter. But they don't have to worry about them or you can start using the tight ends again now that Russell Wilson's not in town. No, I, I meant the... Oh, um, Denver, Den- Denver, Denver, Denver. Yeah, true. So, I mean, they, they could afford to... I could, I could understand why he was included in that trade, but I think for Seattle, that's big for them. I like it for both teams, to be honest. Like we've been talking about, that Denver have a good roster and just need, just really need a quarterback. They've got one now. If they, like, for all the stuff we say that Russell Wilson plays football his way and his his offense, he's fucking good. He's also very, (laughs) very good at that offense. So I mean, I expect Cortland Sutton to probably because who doesn't love a deep bomb more than Russell Wilson? That's a good point. Big old Cortland Sutton's going to come huge fantasy year for him. Does this put Seattle? Do you reckon they're going to go for quarterback this year? Um, I don't know. Jordan Love, maybe. I, you funny man. Um, I, the, the problem is, and um, we'll get into this more when we start looking towards the draft and start evaluating prospects and positions. This is not, in my opinion, a very good quarterback draft. I don't no, really I, think I there's would, anyone. Wouldn't disagree. The issue is, if you wait there's no telling where you're gonna that you can't know for sure where you're gonna end up true i mean look at the miami dolphins who were the whole tank for Tua. Tua ends up falling because of that injury anyway which is convenient at the time but more fortunate but the fact is they were supposed to be the screwed on number one pick and they goofed it in one and if joe, if joe but if joe burrow wasn't had didn't have an incredible season that year in lsu yeah they would have me- missed out on Tua because like you go yeah. in you go in thinking oh we're going to be crap we'll tank but it doesn't actually happen because football players and coaches don't actually like to tank yeah. despite what Stephen Ross might ask you, it's difficult to make professional athletes try and lose at what their job is yeah the uh, the other quarterback news obviously Aaron Rodgers resigns turns out if you want to be if you're a quarterback in the NFL it takes one full year mm. of putting up a fuss before you get what you want mm. Russell Wilson last trade last season trade rumors started flying. Now look at uh, him. Now he's away. Aaron Rodgers, same thing. New long-term contract. Keeps him with the team. He's going to bring all his mates back again. Oh, he's got more roster control. His quarterback coach is back in town. And then the 
and then the other one I mean Tom Brady was sort of kicking up a little bit in Melbourne 12 months before he finally left so yeah, you're an elite level quarterback it takes a full year just start to bitching a little fan- bit yeah, for a to, year. to get off a franchise yeah interesting I mean I don't know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers staying with the Packers it, it almost seems like a cop out from both sides from where where sort of the tension was like I said a year ago I mean if you're Aaron Rodgers Everything you wanted, you've now got. You've got more. You've got more control over the roster. You do look like an absolute diva, though. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers' personality has absolutely plummeted in the in the last twelve in the last yeah. twelve months. But from a football player perspective, I think this is probably the best situation oh, for yeah. both of them. I do feel really bad for Jordan Love, who, from no fault of his own, was drafted yeah. to a place where the incumbent was. I mean, visibly angry at the situation. Yeah, has wasted the first two years of his career. And he's now probably not going to get to play, really. And, yeah. and and regardless of what you think of Luck as a prospect, like that is a tough start to an NFL career. And like, yeah. I, I want him to get traded because he, he was, was a guy say. that needed to get reps early on as well mm. because he he's raw. So we need to get reps. He's not going to come in and be like, right, I'm going to hit the ground running. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, like I said, he's, Jordan Love is 100% someone who deserves another opportunity at a team that's going to give him a foundation to actually grow and like I said, get those reps that, that he desperately needs to be able to sort of... Because there was, there was potential with, with Jordan Love. No, I don't think... I've never, never met anyone that's been like, Jordan Love is an absolute buster There's nothing there to work with. Like, Jordan Love, if he can tweak... I mean, fair play, some fairly big tweaks to his game. But if he's able to do that, and we have seen players do that, he could be a real quarterback and he could have a real sort of impact in the league. I think you're 100% right that this this absolutely writes off any chance of Jordan Love ever being a gr- the Green Bay quarterback. He just needs a different team. He can't wait another three or two years. No, and he, sh- and he absolutely shouldn't have to, to be honest. He deserves a shot. I mean, he's, he's 23 now. He should go to a team this year. He should get a real chance at training camp to win the job. Hmm. I, I just feel bad for the guy because none of this is his fault. We haven't heard a thing out of him negatively or anyone saying anything negatively no. from the Green Bay Packers camp. And I would, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that go, oh, Jordan loves shit and all that. It's like mm. very limited sample size. And how exactly. many rookie quarterbacks look fantastic in their first couple of games? Exactly. Anyway. And I mean, like I said, I think it, it, it just got off to the worst possible start with the whole drama around Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay. And then when they took him, like it was universally agreed that that was not, that was not a need for Green Bay to take him there. He, he, he his NFL career started with such a sort of negative buzz around it again through absolutely no fault of his own um, I mean yeah I'd like to see maybe maybe the Steelers or something like that but might not be a terrible shout I mean no, I like you mentioned that. the Seahawks as well like fuck it why not right yeah but I'd like Drew Locke to get an actual chance as well to be honest so. nah Drew Locke's nah you're done with Drew Locke nah he's, right, his arm's strong but his accuracy is weak okay well on that note I think that's the end of today's show Fair. thank you <laughs> thank you so much for listening thanks to Seb and Pravin as well for mm. joining us Make sure you check out thedropback.com for all the articles, the dropback on all our social medias for, I mean, everything else, I suppose. Absolutely. Theatre 503, make sure you book your ticket for Moreno. I've been Sam. I've been Matt. Until next time. See you later. The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns-Peak, Joe Costanzo and Sam Wilson 